Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Police off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. All the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It is another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 102. AKA TMT 102, the inspiration. Shout out to Young Jeezy mm-hmm. for the for the for the title. And uh, you know, I don't want to waste no more time. We saw a lot of things happen on Super Wildcard Weekend. It was very wild with a couple of the scores. I'm sure one of them for sure that was very surprising. Of course, I got my other host Ike with me. I'm gonna go ahead and let him you know t- talk through it, man. What, what's going on? Well, before we got on the air, we got some breaking news. and it's not really good news if you're a cowboys fan supporter follower whatever you want to call it these days but mike mccarthy is staying for the 2024 season which is you know i mean in the back of my mind i kind of figured this was going to be the move because you know jerry doesn't like to change you know, especially with, you know, his emotions running high, he's 81, he wants to win, but he can't find it in his heart to change the coach, especially if they've won 12 games each of the last three years. And the statement that he put out, he that was exactly what he led with. He's like, Mike McCarthy is the highest winning coach, you know, from, from the uh, highest winning Cowboys coach. I think, I don't know in history, but in, in recent history, and we're committed to his postseason, eventual postseason success. Whatever the hell, whatever the hell he said, it's a bunch of nonsense. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. When they're two and five by week eight, that hot seat is going to turn into a uh, blaze, a blaze of glory. Because McCarthy's probably going to be out of here, and we're going to have another midseason firing. And the, I guess the next question is, who's probably going to be the interim guy? <laughs> by week eight, week nine of 2024 season. <laughs> Al Harris, is Dan Quinn going to stay? Who would probably assume that role? I mean, that's the question we want to at least have at the back of our, back of our minds. But Man, I'm not even going that far ahead. Okay, so just to, you know, let's take our, you know, what we saw on, on Sunday out of it real quick. So we're, we're obviously a lot of everybody in Dallas land, we're thinking, all right, because of this type of showing at home, he's got to get the boot. But, no, realistically, stand, looking at it, you got a, a roster that's 
know, win now. Uh, you got a coach that's won 12 games, you know, since, since he stepped into the, to the, the coaching role and you have this performance realistically, what were we going to do if we fired him? Who were we going to go with to, you know, keep this train going to try to eventually win a Super Bowl? Who were we going to go get? That's all. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's always the question, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of fans and a lot of supporters, they want change immediately, especially on the on the eve of a of a terrible shellacking like that. I mean, it, it, it's just the it's the same thing over and over. We're living in a simulation. You know, the Cowboys win 12 games, shit the bed in the playoffs. Cowboys win 12 games, shit the bed in the playoffs. Cowboys win 12 games, shit the bed in the playoffs, show how undisciplined they are and show how. Whatever the case is, I mean, I, it was a completely the, – the, the only thing that was surprising about Sunday's loss wasn't the fact that they lost because we always know that's on the table given the Cowboys' history. I mean, this is their 13th straight postseason appearance without reaching a conference title game, right? They're 0-6 in the divisional round since 1997 or whatever the case is. And so that part of it wasn't surprising. The, the part of it that was surprising was the fact that the game wasn't really competitive at all. <laughs> it it wasn't. The Packers got the ball first. They said, "Hey, look, if we get the ball first, we score. We put it in the end zone. We're going to force the Cowboys to play from behind." This is they masterminded this thing, and what they predicted, what they sought to to do, it came to pass. And again, Mike McCarthy had this team not ready to play once again for the third straight postseason. Point blank. Period. They changed. They completely changed their, their 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 game plan. They they completely went away from things that worked all season. And, and on the defensive side, I mean, that was just pathetic. <laughs> that was just pathetic. On the defensive side, what the hell were they doing? They played a lot of zone. They weren't playing a lot of zone during the season. They played a lot more man coverage during the season. They didn't even breathe on Jordan Love at all. Micah Parsons was invisible. He had 19 pass rush snaps, one pressure, one, one total pressure, drew two holding penalties. So, hey, that's something we hadn't gotten into it three months. <laughs> it finally took a, a playoff game that didn't even matter. Basically, by the time he got those holding penalties, the game was probably already out of reach and it was probably the second quarter. Um, but, yeah, there's there's there was a lot to this game. Uh, we'll talk about the, the Packers offense here, here in a second. But what any other thoughts about this? you know, pathetic showing of the, by the Cowboys. <laughs> when, when I looked at the Packers and what they were running, I, I thought it was the 49ers, honestly. You know, there's another person from that, that Shanahan tree that bent us over, pause, and just, hey, yo, you know, hey, yo. <laughs> and just, just beat us down, bro. Like, literally, I'm just, like, every time Dobbs was open, it just reminded me of when we played 49ers and you would see, you no know, Ayuk or Kittle in the middle of the field, you know, in between like three, four defenders wide open and just keep the chains moving. Like it's almost like they didn't like they like everything was like easy for them. It was always they were always in great situations on third down. They were always like third and three, third and four, third and two. It was easy third downs for them. Like they just set them up perfectly. And on top of that, going back to the zone stuff, like we played a lot of light boxes and what they do, they ran the ball. <laughs> They ran the ball. I think we saw. I think I saw a stat where it was nine point eight yards per carry or something like that. Something stupid in the first half. I just they got they got in twelve personnel and they just started hammering 
like we were i think the i think the cowboys were they had in a lot of cases they had like and they were in nickel a lot yeah. of a lot of the times they they mm-hmm. had five safeties and yeah. that that was the front that green bay kept saying we're just going to keep running and there's nothing the cowboys can do about it yeah and, and then just a, a quick note about the zone and the and the packers receivers they were just running free every time you saw romeo dobbs catch a pass like the replay it was almost like he was just running routes against air yeah. <laughs> and jordan love was just throwing the ball over the middle mm. and you you had to like look at different angles like an all 22 view just to make sure that there were defenders defenders in the vicinity because you weren't even sure if there were defenders in the vicinity that's how wide open he looked on a lot of those passes um but yeah it, it was it was literally insane and you know just you know kind of shifting gears to the packer side like jordan love man he 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 put on a, an epa cpoe master class uh this weekend against the cowboys like if you if you so obviously you know Super Wildcard Weekend had twelve quarterbacks play right. Do you know who the top two quarterbacks were or the top quarterback was in that EPA CPOE composite score? You know who the top quarterback was. I I know it was either C. Day Stroud or, or Love because I think they had pretty much the same stats. Which yeah, is crazy. It, it, they were one two. They were one two. Jordan yeah. Love was number one. C. Day Stroud was number two. Jordan Love's completion percentage over expected was thirteen point one. Come on, man. 13, 13.1. Can you? He had 11.1 air yards. That was over like three and a half air yards high or two and a half air yards higher than the next best person, which I think is CJ Stroud. Obviously, EPA per play, he was number one. And he did this in only 21 pass attempts. 21 pass attempts. He was throwing, he was throwing dots off of his back foot. He was just styling. He was just styling. styling. He was real. styling and profile. Like, <laughs> watch nope. watch me work watch, watch me work you you mad because i'm styling on you that's you <laughs> it, it, it was it was a it was a a qb clinic and only 21 pass attempts only 21 pass attempts um yeah it was some of the best quarterback play we've seen all season long and this was his first career start in the playoffs as was the case with cj stroud he was uh, like i mentioned number two in EPA per plays, you know, completion percentage over expected composite score. He he was lighting up the Browns defense, a really good defense, actually. Now, they, they've had a couple of injuries here and there, but T.J. Stroud had really one good receiver to throw to, and that was Nico Collins, and he he was carving them up. I mean, yep. he, 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 he did his thing as well. He's He's been elevating his teammates all season long. But those two youngsters, first playoff, first career playoff starts, what a way to start, man. What a way to start. Especially versus two uh, defenses that you know they've been near the top of the league in a lot of advanced metrics, and they yeah. just made them look like Swiss cheese, dropping forty burgers on both of them. So yeah, so the so the youngsters, shout out to the youngsters, C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love doing their thing. Yeah, um, and go figure. Those two defenses we talk about, they were one and two in terms of fantasy points per dropback given up. The Browns were 1.18 fantasy points per drop back given up, and Cowboys were 1.17. And go figure, both those teams lost in horrible fashion. Granted, the Browns' defense on the road has been one of the worst yeah. this, uh, on the on the year, giving up 30 points per game on the road. So it was given that they were supposed to do that, but they just, on offense, you know, Joe Flacco showed his age and, you know, throwing those Tupacs, let me see you toss it up. So 
Yeah, the uh, the you know that uh, the, the Cinderella story of what you know the you know the clock struck midnight midnight for uh, for, for Joe Flacco <laughs> against, against the Texans. It was a great story. Nice to see him back in the league, getting having some success, bringing the you know taking the Browns to the playoffs or helping the Browns get to the playoffs. But that's where the story mm-hmm. ended. Yep. Good night. Good night. Um, Speaking of good night, the Philadelphia Eagles mm. got put to sleep by the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Mm. And, and it's and it's even worse when it's a standalone game, mm. prime time, everybody's watching, and you just get you just you just show up like like that, and and just and just you're not even competitive. I, mm. I I I flipped to the game a little bit later, um, you know, and like midway through the first quarter, and I was like, oh yeah, Tampa Bay is already down the field; they're already in the red zone. I was like, that was quick, but who 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 was who was actually shocked if you watched the, the Eagles lose five out of the last six games going into the going into that game um, against the Buccaneers? Their defense has been atrocious; they can't tackle anybody, can't tackle anything, and then on the offensive side, Jalen Hurts, he you know regressed. I know, I know, I know they were missing AJ Brown, but they couldn't run the ball. I think he had one design rush attempt, yep. and that was one of their bread and butters. You know, you know, most of the season, and they, they, I guess they just kept trying to emulate what they were in 2022. But defenses weren't weren't having that. Tampa Bay was blitzing them. I think they, I think Jalen Hurts was blitzed. I think I want to say it, you know, upwards of 50 percent of his dropbacks. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, they 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 were just going to bring the house because guess what? Everybody that the Eagles have played since the 49ers game, they've showed how to beat the Eagles. And they show that, hey, if you blitz this team, they have zero, and I mean zero answers for it. They blitz them. What, is, what does Jalen Hurts do? He runs, he runs, uh, runs out of the pocket, throws the ball away, or th- throws an you know, incomplete deep route, whatever the case is. That offense was broken <laughs> in more ways than one. And it, it showed it showed in a in an ugly, ugly way on Monday night. Yeah, I don't really have nothing to add. They they got destroyed by Kate Otten. Um they just look hapless. You know, Hertz didn't just look lost. I don't know. Brian Johnson just didn't know what to call. They just the offense just looks lost. Uh you keep hearing rumblings about Sirianni, how now the fans are like don't like how he acts or whatever. It's like, bro, he's literally the epitome of a Philadelphia like Philadelphia fan. You would yeah. think they love him now, all of a sudden they don't like him because y'all are losing. You know it's what's like, funny on, is that you know what's funny is that you know, you you remember that video, that little video clip of him in the tunnel with um after the Kansas City games. Like I don't hear mm-hmm. I don't hear nothing. Chiefs fans two yep. and six since that video dropped. Two and six. Yep. And then, Congrats. and then after the 49er game, after you know Nick Bosa was interviewed, it's like, hey, this is the blueprint how to beat Philadelphia. One in five since that game. <laughs> so the only in the, the only win that they had in, in that span was against Tommy DeVito. That was it. And they struggled I mean, against that game. They struggled. They struggled. Jalen Hurts threw pick six. That game was a lot closer than the score really indicated. So yeah, they 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 were they were struggling. They, they held. They probably could have lost seven straight to close the season, to be honest, because they probably could have lost that game too, um, if it wasn't for like a late first down or something that they got. But in any event, yeah, the Eagles. And news just came out today that Sirianni and, and Harry Rosen are looking and reaching out to coaches to join their staff for 2024. So it looks like Sirianni is gonna stay. Yeah, which you know, much to the chagrin of Eagles fans. So some, a lot of Eagles fans, because a lot of Eagles fans want him to go, but 
hey, Eagles, Eagles fans, Cowboys fans, both retaining their coaches that they don't even want. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see who gets we'll see who gets canned first. My money's on Mike McCarthy though. My money's on McCarthy because at least mm-hmm. Sirianni went to the Super Bowl last year and got past a conference title game. But I think I think Mike McCarthy's probably going to get fired first if if I were to put money on that. Yeah, I lean I lean towards McCarthy, but we, I mean we'll see. Um, let's see the Dolphins. I mean that was expected. I didn't expect Tua to do anything in minus the thirty degree weather, and you could tell he just they just looked like they didn't want to be out there. They didn't want really want to tackle Pacheco. They were just you know just just trying to get through the sixty minutes. Honestly, they didn't have they didn't have a any any hope. Um, I know they said Mike McDaniel's is is possibly looking to get rid of you know get rid of responsibility. Of, play calling duties that i mean that wasn't going to save them from losing that game so yeah i mean the the, the dolphins they they can't they, they don't play well on the road they don't play well against good teams i think they they were one in seven or one in six versus winning teams and the only team they beat was the cowboys by one point or two points mm. if it wasn't for like a couple of phantom holding calls or um penalties that should have been called that that could have been a different story but they just flat out just don't show up at all against against these really really good teams they just don't i think their point differential before this before this kansas city game i think it was like minus 90 or something they they had a, a significantly there was like a drastic difference between <laughs> their point differentials versus winning teams versus losing teams so um but i think what the dolphins could use is another another dude another pass catcher because yep. you know with jay lawato was banged up tyreek hill was banged up who was that? Who was that third option that could really scare a defense? Not Cedric Wilson, not Derm Smythe, not River Craycraft, not Braxton Berrios. Yeah, it, it's the the Dolphins like they they really had no chance. And if it wasn't for like some, you know that that uh that 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 one wobbler that he threw to Tyreek Hill, and he had to adjust to it, and then you made it really good to play. Outside of that, I mean, it would just been a a, a complete shutout. So, you know, shout out to Kansas City. We're getting Buffalo, Kansas City in uh, in the second round, and that's going to be a really, really good matchup. We'll talk about, the, you know, that matchup a little bit later and some of our favorite props um, from those games, um, you know, during during the entire uh, weekend. And then the last game that, I mean, the Dolphins, not the Dolphins, the Lions and uh, Rams game was, as expected, a really good game. Uh, the Lions were able to edge edge out the Rams in that one. They had that place rocking. Now they get another home game versus the Bucks, and the Bills game. You know, I think that game went as expected. You're starting Mason Rudolph. You get down 14-0. They, their offense is not built to come back. So that's exactly what happened. They lost. So didn't really, that wasn't any any surprise there. So all right. So best ball contest. I know last week we talked about best ball and the contest and you know kind of our strategies and how we wanted to. You know, attack goes, but you know, let's kind of go through how our teams did this first weekend of the playoffs. I'll go first. All my teams lost. Um, I was only able to get into five of them. I know I wanted to get into more, but uh, they all lost. Um, just you know, they it just didn't happen. I know I had a team with the Hurts and Brown stack got that that hurt. The um, which other ones? I think I had one with the. The Chiefs, I had some Chiefs stacks, but the the reason why I lost is because I, on the other side of that was uh, was the who did I have on the other side of that? 
I had some players from the from the Bucks, but it was like Evans and and I think Rashad White, and they didn't really do nothing for me. So that also lost. But overall, you know, I'm gonna be going back, hitting back up on these playoff returns. Uh, we got the 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 mitten returns again. We got the gauntlet returns, and we got the little mitten returns. So I'll be definitely hammering some of those for these uh for these playoffs going into the Super Bowl for sure. Ike, how, how how'd your teams end up doing? Um, I mean, I, I, I did, obviously I did a lot more drafts, uh, than you. So, um, I ended up doing 52, I had 52 teams and I had about 20 of them advanced. So about, about 40, close to 40% advancement across all of them. Now there's a, there's a handful of them that I'm really, really, you know, confident in to, you know, to kind of make it through. So obviously you have to draft with different hypothetical Super Bowls in mind, as we mentioned last week. So one of the ones that I have, I have I have a hypothetical Bills Super Bowl, and their opponent could either be the Green Bay Packers or the Detroit Lions. So I got a Josh Allen, Jordan Love as my quarterbacks, and I got David Montgomery and Aaron Jones as my running backs. I had Devon Chan, but he's obviously out. Then my receivers, I have Stephon Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Dalton Kincaid, Nico Collins, and Jaden Reed. So, and Jaden Reed did nothing last week. And thankfully, thankfully, he's, <laughs> you know, I, I, they actually won. So, um, you know, I, I get him for another week. So, look, if, if, if it's Bill's Lions, cool. But the, the most important point here is the fact that I have eight players or nine players available for the, yeah. for the divisional round. Like that's the most important thing. You want to have as many players available as possible. And I only lost one in this particular uh, scenario. So that's one that I feel really good about. And that's the, that's the mitten four. Um, and then I have, let me, let me look at a highlight, another one that I like. So I have a Kansas city versus Detroit potential Super Bowl matchup. So I have Mahomes as my only quarterback. So a little risky with just one quarterback, but you know, and nonetheless, this is the your hypothetical Super Bowl. So this is the, you have to be you have to draft with that confidence. And then I have Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery, and Aaron Jones as my running backs. And then I have Amon Ross, St. Brown, Rasheed Rice, Nico Collins, Sam Laporta, and Justin Watson. I had Cooper Cup, but he's obviously gone. So this is another scenario where I have nine people available for this week. And so we we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm obviously going to have some uh, some. Although the you know the Lions and the Lions and uh, Packers don't play each other this week, um, and then the and then yeah so the, yeah the Lions and Packers don't play any, play this week, and then the Texans and Chiefs don't play this week play each other this week. So really, I mean, I could be looking at if you know let's say this happens, let's say the Texans beat the Ravens, and then you know the the Lions and Packers both win, and then the, obviously the Chiefs have to beat the Bills. I'll have nine people again available through this round i mean for for the championship round and so that'll be another one um potential potential one and this is for the gauntlet for the original gauntlet so we'll see we'll see got a got a couple of those going so we'll we'll have to see how these this divisional round plays out but i'm definitely going to dive into a couple of these uh playoff return contests we have the gauntlet returns that's around 30% filled. We just we had the mitten returns, but that one already filled. But we have now the mitten returns again. 
<laughs> and then we have belittlement in returns. And the the difference with these these returns contests is that the fact that one you're, you know you you ba- you basically have to win each of your groups. You have to win your group. There's no top two. There's no top three. You have to be the top you know the the, the top point getter in each group because now it's it's crunch time. It's divisional round, conference championship, and then it's a Super Bowl. So they're not gonna give you any any freebie or easy rounds. So you're gonna have to draft, you know, with obviously your hypothetical Super Bowl in mind. And also maximizing maximizing and optimizing your lineup to get the most points possible. So yeah. Those are the those are the contests that are available at this moment. So dive into that on underdog. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be aiming to smat at least get 40, 40 lineups in that mitten returns again and and try to get probably half of those and then ha- another 20 or so maybe in that gauntlet return. So uh, that is the goal before these games get started on Saturday. Got three days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got some time, though. So we're going we gonna to do it. All right. All right so, so let's go ahead and let's dive in some of these matches for the divisional round. So <clears throat> let's go in order. Texans versus Ravens. We got the Ravens at home favored by nine and a half with a 43 and a half over under. They are heavily favored at home. Uh, you know, it'd be the first road game for CJ Stroud versus this defense. I know these teams played week one. Of course, the Ravens won that game, but you know, the the Ravens have already, you know, kind of come out and said that they're expecting a way different CJ Stroud than the one they played on his first game in the of the year, which is definitely gonna be expected. I know for the Texans, they're gonna be out, you know, Noah Brown. I know someone that's been kind of you know. Hit or miss, but you know he's been somebody that you have to at least watch out for, and he's now out uh, on IR. On the Ravens, we know that Mark Andrews started practicing in full last week, so I'm assuming that he's going to be he's going to be playing. I'm assuming he's going to be playing. I'm not sure how much, but I'm thinking that we're going to see him this week. But we're definitely still going to see a lot of you know Isaiah Likely. He's been smashing the last what six weeks since he's been out. So you know the Ravens are. A little more, um, have a little more weapons on their offensive side of the ball than than the Texans do in terms of health wise. But you know, this is a game that you know I, I believe the Ravens should win. They have more personnel to cover their cover the Texans' best best player, which would be Nico Collins. So should be interesting to see. But I mean, it is the playoffs, so you never know. But uh, I expect this to be a, be a good game for sure. Yeah, you, you yeah, you you just you just said it. You never know. You never know. The last time the Ravens were in the divisional round of nine and a half point favorites was twenty nineteen and they lost to the Titans. And so, I mean, any anything could happen. Anything could happen. And that was a much inferior team too. They had Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. That was basically their 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 offense. And they they went into Baltimore and won. And so, I mean, D'Amico Ryan's got these boys playing. Domingo Ryan's got these boys playing, and um, you know CJ Stroud. I mean, they're they're not going to be an easy out. They're not going to be an easy out. I mean, it might be worth sprinkling a little something on the money line if you got a little little spare change to kind of throw away because you just never know with these things. You just never know. Um, but the biggest thing is, like you mentioned earlier, Mark Andrews is practicing in full, so he's he's good to go. I thought he was. I didn't know he was going to basically. I didn't know he was going to be activated for you know this early i know they opened the practice window but i wasn't sure if it was going to be this week so that's good news for the ravens and they're 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 a much healthier team 
obviously they did lose Keaton Mitchell several weeks ago to that ACL tear. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, but they, they still have, you know, you know, Gus Edwards, he's going to be bruising into bruising up the middle. And then Lamar Jackson with some, you know, occasional, occasional design runs. But outside of that, like what are some props that you could put, you know, potentially be looking at in this game? I know one prop, I don't have access to FanDuel, but it was one that I liked, which was the Devin Singletary over 14 and a half receiving yards. Uh, that one on FanDuel is 14 and a half. And I think the line everywhere else is, I think every other book had it at 16 and a half. So underdog lose. right now is 16 and a half. Yeah. So you get two yards if you're on, if you're using FanDuel uh, in terms of, you know, for him to cover that for sure. So I like that one. Uh, for the for the FanDuel users, and on um, I mean, you could even middle that, and you can you know take the other side of that and take like Singletary under 17 yards on Dabble, which is a, a app that's kind of like Prize Picks and Underdog or whatnot. So you can kind of middle there and, and see what happens. So that was one of the props that I liked for sure. What do you think about Gus Edwards' rush attempts? Because I'm always the thing is I'm always tempted to take rush attempts overs especially when the team is favored by, you know, at least a touchdown, because you think mm-hmm. conventional wisdom will suggest they're going to run the ball. They're going to be running a lot of clock, but the Ravens have blown a couple of teams out. I mean, yes, you know, they, the, the Miami blowout, Gus Edwards had 16. They blew out San Francisco, but they only had nine rush attempts. They did blow out the Jacksonville Jags. They had 16 rush attempts, but then against the Chargers, he had eight. Cincinnati, that wasn't a close game. He had 12. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, that was a competitive game. He had 11. He only had five against Seattle at Arizona. He had 19 and then 14 and 16 and 12 and 15. So it, I'm I'm tempted to take the over. I mean, it's a lean. It's not necessarily an official you know, prop that I would go, but I'm eyeballing the the, the over 13 and a half rush attempts for, for Gus Edwards. Yeah, but, you know, that I, one. I, I don't, that I don't know. Though. That one's not bad. It's just every book has it pretty much a little lean to the under, but all of them have it at 13 and a half. So. What are, like what, are said, the ju- what are the what's the juice on the over thirteen and a half on some of the books you're seeing? Uh, so like under uh, like Caesars has the is juice to the under, uh, DraftKings juice to the under, FanDuel juice to the under, but it's like the juice is like one twenty three to the under and then one eleven to the over. So and um, yeah, you can go either way. That's basically yeah, what it's saying. Yeah, basically you can go either way. But FanDuel they have it. No, under 130 and the overs at you know, minus 102. So I would just keep an eye on it for sure, but it's a little lean to the under. Yeah, that, that would probably be the only one. And, and, then, and, then, and then another one potentially is C.J. Stroud pass attempts just because they're underdogs. Um, and I think his, his pass attempts right now, I'm looking at underdog, it's probably like around 34 and a half, I believe. Yeah, 34 and a half pass attempts. And so um, – you know, he only threw threw the ball twenty one times. You know, against the against the Browns last week, didn't have to throw much. Um, twenty six against the Colts, thirty two against Tennessee. So you know, his. I mean, yeah, I, I know they're baking in the fact that they're underdogs and they'll potentially be in a negative game script. But you know, that's another one I'm looking at. I'm I'm not sure which way to go, but that's that's a that is a a, a line that I would. I, I would look at it and I would have to, it would probably take me up until kickoff to decide which route I want to go. Um just kind of based on based on based on the odds and based on where the juice is and, and, and a lot of other um data points. 
Yeah. And that one's even is kind of close to, well, let me take that back. Cause a lot of the books they're undecided. So you got like FanDuel guess 35 and a half. You have uh Unibet on uh, five, 35 and a half, but everybody else is 34 and a half, 34 have a little juice to the over. So you probably, yeah, if you want to be safe, then I would probably weigh a little bit, give it a couple of more days and see how it shakes out. But majority of the books think he's going to throw more than 34 and a half times. And then one last thing about Stroud's, some of Stroud's lines. So um, on underdog, I'm looking, his completion percentage is 57.7. What hmm. do you think about that? Hmm. <laughs> that, I, I don't know. That kind of seems, that kind of seems disrespectful. It seems a little low. That kind of seems a little low. Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on that one too. I didn't realize they started doing the whole uh, you know, completion percentage. I, I guess I missed that one. As a as, you know, during his rookie season, he was a 64 percent completion percentage guy. Hmm. Um, so they they're what they're anticipating is that he's gonna have his 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 problems, his you know struggles against the Ravens. Although in his first career game, he had a 63.6 percent um, percentage against the Ravens. I mean, remember that was his first his first career game mm-hmm. um, as, a, yeah. as a starter. He you know, had twenty eight you know twenty eight completions, forty four attempts, two hundred forty two yards. Didn't throw for any touchdowns, but I mean that was his first career game, and he's played much better and looks much better since then. Yeah. So that fifty seven point seven percent does not. I mean, there's something about that number that's it's kind of fishy. It's kind of fishy. A little fishy because he's only been under that. Was you said fifty seven point what? Fifty seven point seven. Yeah, he's only he's been under that number three times on the road, um, but he's played on the road three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. He's only been under that number three times. So, yeah, yeah, that is a little fishy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to keep an eye on that one for sure. All right, next game: Packers Forty Niners Saturday night. Niners are nine and a half point favorites. Basically, the identical total in you know to the Ravens Texans at forty three and a half. Um, the biggest, you know, obviously the most notable thing, Christian McCaffrey is a full go, so he had a little calf injury, you know, leaving week six, week seventeen, but he's he's ready to go. But the, the one thing I want to talk, there's not really much on the Forty Nine ers side. I mean, they're 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 healthy. Trent Williams is probably going to be back. Debo Debo Samuel, he's been banged up most of the season, but he's good to go. But the one thing I want to talk about, and we talked about Jordan Love, you know, early in the season, I want to talk about Aaron Jones. Everybody knows I'm a big Aaron Jones guy, big Aaron Jones fan, and it was bittersweet watching him, you know, rip rip apart the Cowboys like he <laughs> did um, on 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 Sunday. But this is a this is this is the Aaron Jones that we've been you know wanting to see for for quite some time because ever since he came back from that injury. 127 yards, 120 yards, 111 yards, and 118 yards over the last four games are rushing. So he's been absolutely tearing it up. He looks fully healthy. A lot of that's without AJ Dillon in the lineup. AJ Dillon's had a you know a, a hand and a neck injury, or a hand and a back injury. I can't remember which which injury it was that he has. But just keep just keep uh, rolling with Aaron Jones, man. He's on a tear. He's got the hot hand, and he's playing. He's playing. You know. The bet the best ball of his career at the right time. So I, I think you just you, you got to keep you got to keep rolling with him. That uh that 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 Green Bay running game is 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 definitely you know moving folks off of the ball. Now they're gonna have their hands full with the 49ers front seven because 49ers they're not they're not the 
I, mean, I don't know if they're, they're they're super stout against the run. I mean, I, I know they've had their moments where they've been really, really stout, but I think you can run on them a, a, a little bit. Um, but no, but in any event, um, I like, you know, I like I like uh, the way that Aaron Jones has been playing uh, over the last over the last month or so. Yeah, you know, and speaking of you know the the Packers, you know, you've seen all those young wide receivers they have, so it's tough to you know when people are looking to you know hone in on like like who's the guy. I mean, you can't even tell right now because I know you know Jaren, uh, Jaden Reed was dealing with an injury; he didn't have that many snaps. Uh, you know, Wicks, you got Bo Milton, you got uh, Christian Watson came back this past week. He didn't have that much. I mean, he didn't really have much to do either. Go figure. Uh, we saw Romeo Dobbs out of nowhere smash. So it's just, and then you, you still got also factor in Luke Musgrave, who just came back this past week also with with, uh, with Tucker Kraft. So it's just a lot of different weapons, a uh, lot of different options, especially when you think about best ball. If you want to, you know, get some shares of this team, if you think they might, you know, get past this 49ers, or even if they don't think you can get past them in terms of who who can you trust out of that, you know, that long list of potential players uh, to choose from. So it should be interesting to, you know, try to figure that out for sure. Um, I will say in terms of, you know, Jordan Reed, uh, Jordan Love going against the San Francisco defense, you know, San Francisco runs cover three, you know, a majority of their coverage and you know within that coverage their cpoe is at four percent which is you know higher than above average uh, but they've only given up one touchdown compared to their eight picks in that same coverage but jordan you know jordan love in that same when he's thrown against that coverage his epa per attempt is 0.22 which is pretty good cpoe is at 6.7 percent 72 percent completion percentage uh but his touchdown interception ratio, five touchdowns to three interceptions. So uh, it should be interesting to see him when he plays against that particular coverage uh, for the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say in terms of you know, any props that I'm looking for in this game, one that caught my eye was Ayuk over 66 and a half receiving yards on UD. Uh, I believe every other, every other site, uh, let me not say every other side. I know Price Pick says it at seventy. So if you mm-hmm. have both, you could potentially middle that one. Yeah. Uh, but every other book it pretty much is at sixty-six and a half, with a with a um with a little juice to the over. So I think six, sixty-six and a half is a pretty good number uh, for UD, especially if you're gonna middle it with with Price Picks. Yeah, I, I definitely that that was that was one that I like too. I mean, I you know I'm a big, I'm an IU guy as well. I like how Ike way he plays, and I like the you know the season that he had. So sixty six and a half, that's it's relatively low. I mean, if you're if one if there's one thing about the Packers defense, they may show up in spots, but they're still pretty vulnerable. I mean, if you have you have to remember, a couple of weeks ago they gave up thirty points to the Panthers, and what weapons on offense do the Panthers have? <laughs> you know, like it's so there's 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 opportunities in obviously opportunities for the Forty ers passing attack um, against the Packers. I mean, that's why they're, they're, they're nine and a half point favorites. I mean, if you look at, you know, EPA per play, who's number one in the, who's number one in the NFL in EPA per play? 49ers. Brock, Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Brock Purdy. Yeah. So, um, so that, that kind of goes without saying, I mean, I, I think this is a, uh, you know, a pretty, a pretty good smash spot, but Hey, you never know. It's the NFL playoffs, the divisional round and, Maybe the Packers have another upset in them. Maybe. 
And like I mentioned, probably another another money line sprinkle opportunity because these these playoff games can go can can go a multitude of ways, man. It it the the chalk's not always the chalk is not always the chalk, right? In, in any given week. And so, um, but yeah, that's that's one I was looking at. Another one I was looking at is is McCaffrey over ninety two and a half rushing yards or his over one thirty and a half uh you know rushing and receiving yards. I know he's over that number more more than half of the more than half of the the games that he's played in um at least nine or ten times but over in both numbers and he's playing a you know a defense that's pretty vulnerable even despite the success that they had um against Dallas last week um they're they're still a, a pretty bad defense on paper when it comes to you know a lot of advanced metrics i think they're twenty first in e p a per play um allowed on defense. And so there's 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 opportunities for the 49ers to attack, and that that's another one that I'm not necessarily taking, but just leaning towards is uh, is you know Christian McCaffrey over 92 and a half yards or 130 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Yeah, what about you know some of these ones like even the Brandon Ayuk over four and a half, Debo Samuel over four and a half, George Kittle over four. Like all those numbers are like they look good, but again, like these are all the weapons that are you know good and healthy. And if you think the script of you know the four ers winning comfortably in double digits, then I'm not sure if we're gonna see some of these numbers get hit. And of course, these numbers are juiced to the over, so it's a you know it's a little bit of a trap. <laughs> I know I know so, the Kittle one. I feel like the Kittle one is probably the most the one that's the the you know. The, the trap is is like the if you're if you're if you're labeling any one of them a trap i think the the george kittle one it's a trap because there's games where he has like two catches for like 80 yards and a touchdown and that's it or three catches for you know 55 yards or something like that there's a lot of games where he just he's been under that number quite a bit so i i would be i would be kind of uh shying away from that number uh, if you know, to be honest then 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 the depot number or the Brandon Ayuk number. I think the Brandon Ayuk number is probably the one that's the most likely to hit because he is, you know, the, you know, the, the boundary receiver. Um, and he's going to be getting a lot of looks um, on, on, on the outside. I feel, I feel like Debo yeah. probably going to get a lot more rush attempts and maybe some more touches, but um, I don't know about catches, but I think Ayuk is probably going to lead them in catches because they, they're going to need like a wide receiver to really just, you know, to, to, you know, to move the offense you know, down the field um, in the passing game. And I think it's going to start with Ayuk. Even though even though Debo's been the one smashing, you know, towards the end of the season, you still think it's going to be Ayuk? Yeah, I think they're going to, I think they're going to game plan against Debo and then try to, try to, try to stop him. And then maybe they'll try to stick, you know, Jair Alexander on, on Ayuk. But Jair Alexander has a bum ankle. Yeah. And that, if they're going to be arrogant to, to, to leave him one-on-one with Ayuk and Ayuk can, can, can send him back to the trainer's table with a couple of uh, with a couple of shakes <laughs> off the line of scrimmage. Um, so I, I think I think it's going to be a pretty a pretty good game, pretty good game for Ayuk. Okay, and then we haven't talked about the Green Bay pass catchers because their lines on these fantasy sites are not up yet. They're I guess they're waiting for some more clarity. I know, but these lines are up on majority of, of the books, so it should be interesting. I, I probably would wait to until they get some of these lines up. Like for instance, they got Aaron Jones juice way juice to the under in terms of three and a half receptions. That might be something I might look at depending on the game script. But again, 
they don't really have any of these up except for Dontavian Wicks, which is you no, know, he's on on UD. He's at three receptions. Uh, well, they, but, yeah, they have they have a, they have a handful of them up. They have uh, they have uh, Jaden Reed's receiving yards up. They have his targets up. They have oh yeah, Dobbs. Three. They don't really have their. They don't really have any of their receptions though. But yeah, you're right. Uh, they got Dobbs receptions at three. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably want to see the rest of these. The rest of these guys like Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson before I start trying to try to figure that out because those even numbers are tra- traps. Because if you go to the books, they got them heavily juiced to the over. So I don't know if I want to entertain the push. So. Yeah, they got, what, what, they got Luke Musgrave as a uh, scorcher, two point two and a half receptions. Scorcher. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't touch. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. he had three for fifty two last game. Now that yeah. last touchdown, that last catch he had was a wide open pass. Yeah. So, um, and and in a super positive, an ultra positive game script. So that <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see. All right, so let's talk about the Sunday games. We got the Bucks and Lions, six and a half total. I mean, six and a half favorite for Detroit at home, 48 and a half over under. So they're expecting a lot of points. This is the highest scoring uh, game total of the weekend. So they expect some points in this game. Uh, Jared Goff did have success versus this this Tampa Bay team earlier in the, earlier in the season because, you know, Tampa Bay is one of those teams that love the blitz a lot. And, you know, Jared Goff, Depend on on who's playing. He like he he likes going against that. So, and he had a lot of success against them the first time they played. I believe the Lions are pretty much healthy. I know you know we saw San Laporta miraculously play, but he didn't really look that healthy. He he gutted it out for the most part, in my opinion. He did have the touchdown, but I mean he didn't really do. He didn't have to do too much. I mean he didn't do too much. Uh, they they found other ways to get all the people involved in that game. So. Um, you know, we've seen Jamison Williams get a little more involved. Uh, we saw, you know, uh, Josh Reynolds, you know, do do a lot of damage with his five for eighty, and then of course we saw Almiron St. Brown uh, do his do his usual. I know he closed out that game for for the Lions, so I expect another good game out of this one. I know Detroit they score a lot of points at home, but they they do give it up too. So, uh, you know, I think this Lions are properly appropriately you know, weighted at, 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 at where it's at. Yeah. And I think the one thing that we want to, you know, want to highlight in this game is the fact that, you know, Tampa Bay does blitz at a high rate. The last game they played against the Eagles, they blitzed Jalen Hurts on 64% of his dropbacks, 64%. Now, earlier in the season, the Lions and the Bucks did play in Tampa and they blitzed uh, J- Jared Goff on 42% of his dropbacks. I mean, his numbers were pretty decent i mean 10 of 19 171 yards and two touchdowns so nine yards per attempt so he threw he 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 was he was pretty successful um against the blitz against the bucks in, in the first yeah, game one of, one of those rare games for him on the road to throw for 353 yards i think amon rob went nuclear in that game also you know just they they destroyed them and I, I think this is the game that Jamison Williams had that that the one of those long touchdowns. Like he had like a forty yard touchdown, and, and I, that was on on one of those uh, one of those one of those blitz beaters. And so that that'll be that'll be the you know the the matchup here. Baker Mayfield's playing great, played great in his first game against the um, you know uh, you know against the against the Eagles. But a couple things I want to 
you know, I want, I want to talk about some of these some of these props. Um, there's a couple that I like in this game. The first one, I like Baker Mayfield over 35 and a half pass attempts. You know, hmm. it's going to be an indoor. It's going to be an indoor environment. Baker Mayfield threw for thir- threw 36 times against the uh, against the Eagles on Monday night, and they were in a positive game script most of the game. And so they're going to be trailing. Um, and then, you know, conversely, I like the, you know, the Rashad White under 16 and a half rush attempts. Now, right now, I'm, I'm already seeing that go down to 15, 15 and a half. So there's there's going to be that, that that's, uh, you know, downward, downward steam, if you will, um, for that, for that, uh, for that prop. So I think there, there there's a lot of juice to the under um, in that regard because they're anticipating a lot of passes, pass attempts by, by Baker Mayfield. So I would anticipate that going up um, as the you know as the week progresses, and we're recording this on a Wednesday night. So by the time this you know podcast drops, it'll be Thursday. I'm sure there's going to be some more some more line movement, um, you know, over the over that span. So those are a couple those are a couple of props that I like in this game, just based on you know what what we anticipate this game turning into. Yeah, I'm 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 liking the Mike Evans over four and a half. I know he had only four on 10 targets the first time they played, but again, this is a Detroit team at home and their secondary is not good. And we're expecting a lot of points. Uh, The juice is to the over for this line. So that is one that I like a lot is that four and a half over for Mike Evans. I am also going to be paying attention to that K Otten. I know right now, like on underdog, let me, uh, let me go back. That might, that Mike Evans line that's on underdog and you can also get that four and a half on on dabble too so uh for for people that you know play on multiple prop sites uh I will keep an eye on that that Kate Otten Kate Otten is his line is three and a half almost sports books uh heavily juiced to the under but underdog has it at three so I mean if you want to dabble in the even line then you can do that there uh, I know Amara is at seven and a half on you no know, prize picks and underdog, but a little juice to the under. So that's another one I'm kind of looking at too for for this game. Yeah, that's not that's not bad at all. Not bad at all. All right, last game, the main event, the main event of the evening on Sunday night, Chiefs Bills, third matchup in the last four years for them. Mm. Two and a half, two and a half point favorites. The Bills are forty five game total. 45 seems kind of low for them, right? Or no? I, I guess that's like kind of on par, given how the defense yeah. is playing. So I guess it's kind of on par. The Kansas City's defense has been, you know, been, been lights out. But this is Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game in his career since 2018, since he entered the league, or since, you know, he start, first started um, a game in 2018. And Man. people are acting like he's never played a road game before. The way they were talking about it, I'm like, it's just his first road playoff game. But he's been on the road before. He's played on the road. He's played at Buffalo before. And he's 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 familiar. He's kind of familiar with that area, and he knows he knows a little something. But you know, the Bills they have a lot of injuries on on defense from last week, so that could be you know an opportunity for the for the for the Chiefs' offense um, to to exploit. But what I like in this game, um, a couple things. Don, you know, I like Dalton Kincaid. Five and a half targets. That seems like it's going to be a. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a smash because he's he's been coming on strong lately. Even with you know the return of Dawson Knox over the last couple of games, it's been Duncan Cade um, getting targeted uh, quite a bit. So over five and a half targets. If you look at the last you know several games, the last in the last three games alone, seven targets, eight targets, six targets. 
Um, the last game against Kansas City, he had eight targets. And then before that, I mean, I know Dawson Knox was on IR for a, for a lot of this stint. There was a block from week seven to week 12, eight targets, seven targets, 11 targets, six targets, seven targets, and six targets. So he can, you know, he he's a target earner. If you're on the field and Josh Allen offense and they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit, I feel like, he's earning targets. So that's one that's one I have my on. And then also on, on the on the other side, on the Kansas City side, Rasheed Rice, who's been pretty awesome over the last, you know, <laughs> over the last two months. I like his over targets eight and a half. I mean, if you look at the wild card round, which a lot of people didn't even anticipate a lot of throwing, he saw twelve targets. Man. <laughs> I I would say I was very surprised how frequent Mahomes was throwing that ball. You thought I would have thought it was like it wasn't minus minus thirty degrees. He just was slinging it. Yeah, don't, don't, slinging I mean, the rock. one thing yeah, the one thing that wasn't surprising is you know, Isaiah Pacheco had twenty four carries. I mean, that yeah. was that over 16 and a half, like I think it was hovering around 16, 16 and a half most of the time before the game. That was an easy smash, easy over, right? 16, 16 and a half, uh, you know, rush attempts. But Rasheed Rice's targets, 12 in the last game. There was a six, he had a six target game, but then 12, 9, 10, 9, 10 since week 12. Um, his, his, uh, his, his, his target amount. So he's going to be getting a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of looks. Um, from Patrick Mahomes, I'm in this game. So those are a couple, a couple of props that I have my eye on um, for this for this particular game. What about you? For me, the first one was the Pacheco over 14 and a half rush attempts. It's funny that you talked about his rush attempts on FanDuel. I believe, I believe that 14 and a half was you know standalone compared to other you know other books. I think other books had it at like 16. Uh, it's something that just caught my eye. So again, if anybody has underdog, I mean not underdog. If you have Fanduel access to Fanduel, then that'll be something to to look out for sure. Well, as soon as I talk about it, now I go back to it. The the line's been juiced mm. <laughs> mm. before we got before we came on here. No, I think it was the only one that had fourteen and a half. Now, like every book has it at fourteen and a half, heavily juiced to the over. If you go to Prize Picks or Underdog, they have it at fifteen. Dabble is the only one that has a 14 and a half. So if you have access to Dabble, then I would be looking at 14 and a half for that rush, the rush attempt total for sure. Dang. Okay. Okay. Dang. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Um, t- trying to look at some other ones that I kind of liked. I mean, they had, you know, Diggs has kind of been, you know, kind of, kind of off this last, what, six, seven weeks. I think they had their his receiver prop at six. I don't like that even number. I was looking at Travis Kelsey at five and a half, but it's at six. If you go to any of the prop the prop books, yeah, five and uh, a half would have been an easy smash. Yeah, now, five and six, a half. Six is probably an avoid. Yeah, five and a half at all the sports books, heavily juiced to the over, heavily juiced. So it kind of just missed that train, unless you get it like at Caesars. Caesars is the best line at at. Over, uh, over at one, minus 142. Everything else is like minus 150 and up. So, yeah, yeah, man. Um, oh, man, missed that one. Um, trying to see any other lines I like. I mean, everything else looks pretty good price wise, man. Just, just gotta wait. Hopefully, hopefully, you, hopefully something happens and you get some news or something. But yeah, yeah these line, these lines are 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 pretty tough. Yeah, tough indeed. Tough indeed, man. Tough indeed. All right, y'all. We are at the end of the show. 
we appreciate y'all listening to us as we you know try to go through these matches and try to find any props that you might like look out for us in a few weeks when when the super bowl comes around we're going to do that big the big super bowl prop show have a couple guests on here we're probably going to run it back with jay rich and, and our boy brandon so you know watch out for this in a few weeks for that one again appreciate y'all listening to us uh make sure you tap into destinationdevy.com with all all the articles, all the tools that we offer, especially the Trinity tool, the war tool, college football comparison tool as we get ready, trying to get ready for these these prospects. Mm-hmm. You know, look out for some things that we might be dropping for that. I know Ray just dropped his first prospect profile on Malik Neighbors. So if you haven't tapped into that, make sure you tap into Destination Devi on YouTube for that one. Get your juices, get you going for, for, what's, for what you're about to get ready for in terms of overload of getting ready for these, these prospects. Uh, I know the senior bowl is coming around the, the very beginning of February. So, you know, tap in, stay tuned for that. Shoot, that's all I have, man. Uh, I, you got anything else? No, um, you know, just echo your sentiments. Appreciate you guys, you know, tuning in, tapping in. You know, hopefully you can, let you know, take take some of the take some of the props that we had, you know, suggested and, you know, make some money off of them. There's yeah, some, man. some pretty, some pretty, some pretty good opportunity out there this weekend, you know, to, to make some money on some of these props and some of these games. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all be safe. Grind out some of these, these, uh, return playoff underdog contests that they have for y'all. If y'all messed up, like I did the first, the first go around. So you get another chance to rectify, <laughs> rectify your mistakes. So yes, yeah. definitely dabble in a lot of these playoff return contests. Y'all be safe y'all. All right. Peace out. <laughs>